Welcome back to the VHS Club. We are hanging out with our special guest, not in the comments, but here hanging out in real life. Kimberly is here to Yay. talk about the usual suspects. We're so Finally. Yeah, exactly. We've been uh, we've been ignoring this request for a while, not because we don't want to watch this movie, but because we just there's so many 90s movies. And, like there's a lot of 90s movies. This podcast is gonna be around forever. We're never, we're never, Love it. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And we have Paul in the live comments um, hanging out. But Paul didn't do his homework. He did not watch the movie, so he's not allowed to comment. <laughs> no, just kidding. Womp, womp, womp. Come on, Paul. <laughs> Paul, you'll have to let us know if you've ever seen this movie because I'm sad to say there may be spoilers in this episode. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, Multiple. you might want to log off now. Um, this is one where you want home. to keep the spoilers away from it before you see it. Yeah. Yeah. There were like a few movies that came out in this era where they were like, you know, I mean, A, there was not a lot of internet around. So there was, so spoilers were a little less intense than they can be now. So there were a lot of these like really big twisty turny plot movies where it was shocking when you saw it. And if you didn't see it originally, you were, it was over for you. You were going to find out what happened. Oh gosh! Sure, well, you actually... walk into the theater and other people would be like, "Did you know?" It's like, "Shh, we're here to see yeah, it." Yeah, really. <laughs> people are you like, know "Who did it?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm here to see it for my third time. I'm like, "Shush." <laughs> well, that that is so. Actually, okay. Let's start with let's start with the disclaimer. So Nat and I yeah. and and we mentioned the sticker bully as well. Slight disclaimer on this one: there are people who are in this movie who used to be awesome amazing incredible actors and are still awesome amazing incredible and directors actors. and producers and directors and producers yeah. but but turns out that they're also not great people so we're gonna we're just gonna put that aside for this movie review and we we're will give say it a, that we agree they should be in jail we agree that they should be in jail and we, we are we'll leave it <laughs> and that fits with the movie right exactly it does, exactly. It does. It the movie. <laughs> but as this is not a like as this is not an overly serious podcast, we are going to say we are aware of it. We completely agree, but we're going to do a, a, a good movie review of this anyway. And we, we kind of mentioned this last time anyway, because what was the other movie we had with Kevin Spacey where we had to put that aside? LA Confidential. LA Confidential. LA Confidential. LA Confidential. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it. I, I will yeah. say we're like, not a fan of Rapey Spacey, but but we're aware that he used to be good at his job. Oh yeah, he. Did at least he won't actor. work anymore. So that's. But he should be small, in jail. We small are aware. vindication. <laughs> well, I wanted. I want to kick this off even before. Even before we get into the synopsis of this movie, Paul mm -hmm. says he's seen it, so we're okay. okay <laughs> even, awesome. before we, even before we get into this. I want to ask uh, Kimberly first and then Nat, 
when you saw this movie, either ori- I guess originally because we're yeah. watching it, is like, did did you know what the twist would be? Did you did you figure this one out, or did you get all the way to the end and go, oh my goodness, I did not know that this was it. did not really know. Didn't know. Okay. Didn't know. Absolutely Shock not. of a lifetime. You were like beside yourself. <laughs> Are you the kind of person that normally figures these kinds of things out? Yeah, I'm good at, at figuring out complicated plot twists, but this one really got me. This one got you. All right. All right. Nat? So I thought I knew when I started watching the movie. As I continued watching the movie, I got totally tricked into thinking oh, I was wrong. <laughs> Like the movie gaslit me. And then I was like, I was right. And I was even more shocked because I had spent the whole movie convincing myself that I was wrong in the first place. <laughs> so it was quite shocking. <laughs> but it was kind of written that way, right? It, it was kind of written. I mean, more than one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was very system. well done to trick me out of my own convictions. <laughs> I think that's impressive because Nat grew up in like a, a household and of a personality where she like needs needs to figure it out. Like we always figure out who the always needs to figure always. it out. And Nat and I are like the polar opposite on that front where like I read probably I don't know, two or three murder mystery books like a week at this rate. And I never know. Like I get all the way to the end and I'm like, right, it's a murder mystery. I should be trying to figure out who it was. And I couldn't even go back and get, tell you any of the clues. Like I'm just so swept up in the story. I'm not detail oriented. I'm not a detail So I was the same way with this movie. Like I, I don't remember originally watching it. I, I, rem- I know I've seen it because I knew what the the, I remembered scenes of it as I was rewatching it, and I knew I knew the twist. But rewatching it, I still even even knowing the twist, and I was like, I'm gonna pay attention this time. I I got all the way to the very end, and I was like, oh, I have a lot of questions and feelings, and I like I'm excited to dive into this movie. So, um, and I will. So, Nat, you need to share this this piece. So, so the. Yeah. really fast synopsis of this movie because there's lots of twists and turns i'd rather talk about the twists and turns so the yeah. fast synopsis of this movie is that it uh it is told by an unreliable narrator who turns out is the bad guy yeah. <laughs> that they're trying to catch all the way through it has a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards it's got, it's got a lot of flashing back and forth and it's telling the story of a series of criminals um who are involved in this huge shootout on a boat that goes horribly wrong and everyone is dead except for Kevin Spacey's character who turns out is guilty of everything and it you know goes back and forth um but Nat is the level of crazy Kimberly I'm interested if you're this level of crazy as well where she this time around was like well he says that the bad guys they you find out that the bad guy's name is Kaiser Sose which if you recognize that name it's because of this movie and Nat, like, knew that she needed to look up, like, Turkish words and figure it out by Googling what the well, meaning behind the oh, name yeah. was. She was, like, yeah. all over the Google research this time around, which is admirable. So, okay, so I figured, so the, the whole legend of Kaiser Sose is he was this Turkish man that was betrayed and then murdered everybody and became this, like, kingpin. Mm-hmm. Before that, even near the beginning of the movie, you see there's a Turkish cigarette box on the police chief's desk. So I was like, okay, Turkish is important. What does Sose mean in <laughs> Turkish? So I Googled it and essentially it's, a, it basically can translate to verbal. Yep. And Kevin Spacey's character's name is Kint Verbal. Yeah. So he verbal, tells verbal them kin. right at the beginning yeah. or verbal Kint, but yeah. they, he, 
tells them his own name. Like he he tells them straight. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm Kaiser Sose. I mean, I'm Kind Verbal. Like he tells them right away who he is, and he does it throughout the whole interrogation. Mm-hmm. There's so many times where he um, he says, "I couldn't have shot Kaiser Sose," and he holds up his his gimp ten. He has, I think, cerebral palsy. Is that it? So he's I slightly so. deformed and. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they refer to him as a gimp. We're not saying that. <laughs> or or cripple. Or cripple, yeah. Neither of yeah. which are appropriate anymore. Yeah, yeah no. But, so he holds up his his hand, and it's in, it's the sign language for devil's horns. And Kaiser Sose, as per verbal, is constantly referred to as the devil himself. Mm-hmm. And he holds mm-hmm. up the devil's horns to say, I couldn't have killed the devil i'm like well yeah because you're now you're just mocking the poor cop who's interviewing you mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a lot of little things um that you see more the second time you watch it <laughs> yeah or not if you're me yeah <laughs> or or the t- or the 10th or 20th time because you're right yeah. there's like all these little easter eggs that they kind of plant here and there and one thing that i noticed that was really prevalent throughout the movie was cigarette smoking yeah a lot of cigarettes like a lot yes. of the characters smoke and always this kind of zooming in on a left hand. I mean, there's a lot of little mannerisms mm. that kind of indicate who the who the character is. That's the, the ultimate bad guy. But when you're watching it the first time, you're not wary. Of no. that. You're not you know aware of those things. Yeah. So the thing with the cigarette smoking is they show a lot of people. And traditionally in North America, we smoke with our, our first two fingers yeah. and we hold our cigarette like that. And the way at the end of the movie, we see Kaiser Sose holding his cigarette and it's through his thumb and his index finger. And apparently that's a regional Turkish way of smoking a cigarette. Fun fact. That so, knows everything I mean, they did their research when they made this movie. <laughs> well, I'm with Nat on that because as soon as Katie's like, come on, you got to come on the show. I was like, oh, snap, I got I got to get these cliff notes together. And I was doing yeah. like 20 fun facts and ran into those. Oh, those yay, great. Well. I good. I'm excited yeah. to hear everyone's everyone's fun facts. I um, yeah, it was it's always <laughs> fun to look up like the the behind the scenes or the making of, you know, stories that come out of a lot of these movies. I was amazed that this movie was filmed in 25 days and with a six oh, million dollar wow. budget. So if you're comparing like this movie which is you know really yeah. iconic to some of you know we were talking about like a james cameron movie for example like very different like you know level of filmmaking although still two years to film <laughs> yeah still like mm-hmm. both you know a- academy award-winning you know films so i like it it is kind of interesting to see all the different ways to to make a movie i'm loving paul paul has dropped in an incredible stat i I have not yet looked this one up but now that i'm seeing it it's outrageous there there were there were only fifteen thousand four hundred and sixty five movies in the 90s so at least fifteen thousand episodes you guys were were in two thousand three hundred forty eight were released in the theater that's actually like staggering to think about that there's only there were in ten years, over fifteen thousand movies made, but only two thousand ish were released in the theater. Like what? Yeah, but oh, the rest of them like... were like Steven Seagal movies that went. Oh no, I guess that was. I was just straight, straight, straight to VHS or something. <laughs> straight to VHS. Steven yeah. Seagal used to do those straight to TV movies. Probably not in the nineties though. He was po- he was still really popular in the nineties. That was like the two thousands. But I still, yeah, straight to video movies. That straight was to video movies. Steven Seagal. <laughs> Yeah, he knew how to make so money. Funny. 
Yeah, we, I think we've done know. mostly theater releases so far, but yeah, we should do some of those straight to, straight to VHS feeds. <laughs> Maybe. But you know, I was thinking about what you were just saying, Katie, with the budget, the $6 million budget. Yeah. And when you think about the movie, because I was, you know, I've watched it several times and I, pay, yeah. I was paying more attention this time. And, you know, they didn't really have to <laughs> elaborate yeah. and have a huge fancy set. I mean, there were yeah. some shots of New York, mm-hmm. LA, but it was mostly hospital you know the, the main scenes with the hospital and there um with the victim the burn victim yeah the, ho- yeah, the hospital the boat, the boat and then the, the, boat. the interrogation room and, and the interrogation room yeah you know? so they didn't Those have these the elaborate sets. Sets. yeah 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 it's a good point and i mean you could you could do a lot you know a lot with that although it is kind of interesting because I may, I maybe this movie actually set up a lot of these careers. Like there were a lot of fairly big name actors or at least recognizable yeah. actors in this movie. Maybe they weren't as much at that time, I guess, is the Kevin Spacey won the Academy Award for this movie. So I don't know how popular he was prior to this. This is ninety five, was it, or ninety four? I think it was yeah, ninety five. Five, I think. Yeah, I think. So. I think everybody in it was fairly well known already, except for maybe Benicio del Toro. Yeah. He's so I have to admit every time I see him, him, I'm just like, it's amazing that this guy like has a job. It's yeah, it's amazing that he like can barely speak English in most of these movies, and yet he like nails every performance. Like somehow yeah, he's, he's different in every movie, but he's like got this like I don't know, like like he's just likable in every like even when he's a bad guy, I don't know what he's like saying. Him. Yeah, you have no so, idea what he's saying, but it's but somehow it's okay that you don't know what he's saying. Like, yeah. In the yeah. beginning of this movie, where so all of these different crooks, criminals, criminals yeah. get swept up in these trumped up charges. Mm-hmm. So somebody from high up above is like round all these people up and do a lineup, which is like the famous movie box cover for it yep. or movie poster cover. Yep. Um, and then they all get put into a jail cell and they're talking. And when he says his lines, you notice Kevin Pollock is laughing. And it's because he literally couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> the whole cast, like after Benicio Del Toro gives his lines of like what he does, like why he's a criminal. And nobody knew what he was saying. And they just thought it was so funny. They kept it in. They're like, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. They just they all kept- pretended to know what they're saying. They kept it in a lot of read that. They kept in a lot of that. Apparently, that was a similar um, experience for the lineup scene. So, like the the lineup scene was supposed to be this like very serious scene, and the actors just couldn't stop like funny. laughing and being silly. <laughs> and so eventually, they were like, "Fine, whatever. We'll just t- we'll use one of those takes." Well, yes, yeah, so Baldwin acts yeah. completely unhinged, and it's yeah. also. I mean, and what's the, scene the line that they had to say? Uh, something oh, about cocksucker. Yeah, and they all say it like slightly differently, and they, I mean, yeah, it totally, yeah, it was, it was brilliant, and their in, their intonation and all that. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Well, the funny thing about his character was it Fenster, Fenster, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, kind of seemed like a you know who's playing a, a character who's kind of high or something, yeah. you know, or, or possibly he comes high. across pretty stoned all the time. <laughs> yeah. Baldwin's so character that too. Element. I'm like, he is unhinged. Like, what is he on? He needs a downer. <laughs> like the <laughs> he's just so over the top all the time. And I love at the end of the movie, he's like, so he's clearly a sociopath. They have that throughout the whole movie. He he's emotionally, he just always wants to go gunning people down and murdering everybody. And then at the end of the movie, he's supposed to be the calm sniper. 
Like, I'm like, I feel like that was not a good part of this plan on their last time. Oh, here, here, pause. It's give me the keys. <laughs> give me the keys. You fucking cocksucker. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Today's episode is explicit. We're sorry. <laughs> sorry. We're just quoting the movie. Everybody. We're just quoting a movie. Yeah, yeah. Give us a break. Oh, that's too funny. So now, are you referring to uh, McManus, uh, Billy Baldwin's character? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Billy Baldwin. Yeah. I said Stephen Baldwin. I what, Stephen. One of the Baldwins. I think it is. Or is Stephen. Stephen? I'm sorry. I think it Stephen. is. Yeah. It's one of them. It one of the matter. two blonder Baldwins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the two blonder. Not <laughs> Alec. Baldwin, really. It's not Alec Baldwin. Um. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, and maybe this is my own. Like, so I got hyper fixated this entire movie, par- partially because I was like trying to be more observant, which again is not a skill of mine. I like. I just kept focusing on the fact that. Everything that we know about these characters and everything that we're seeing are all flashbacks of a story being told by an unreliable narrator. So like it none of these like characters personalities or how they interact or anything that's happening is necessarily accurate. Like it like because I knew that it was him throughout the movie rather than focusing on all of the cool things that like set it up to figure it out. I was just like, I can't believe anything that this guy is saying, like their personalities, the conversations that they're having with each other, like how all of this is going down, how they relate to him, like how they relate to each other. Like not, all of that is a story that Kevin Spacey's character is telling to like all of those flashbacks are not necessarily accurate. And even if he was telling it truthfully, like, remembering all of the details in stressful moments wouldn't be yeah like but it wasn't anyway it was all a lie anyway so it's like it it's kind of interesting that like it's one of those movies where it has to be so flawlessly planned out and scripted because Mm -hmm. you have to be able to tell the story and and you know everyone is going to go back and rewatch it to try to see if they can figure out like all of the details but the actual like character development and how the characters interact and what the actual story is isn't as relevant as like as no. putting in those little details because in the end it doesn't really matter all that matters is that Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Sose and and what are those things that he made he up got away with it. that yeah and that that you know that made the cop realize it at the end and is the reason why he got away with it the whole rest of the movie is a bit of a red herring like it's completely irrelevant like none of it there's matters which I thought was kind of interesting scene. The right. opening scene takes place in the present. So when we, yeah. the movie starts, true, it has this, the lovely opening credits, the yeah. great sort of like, you know, elegant gangster score. And it's, it's um, so the opening scene when we see it's the aftermath of the boat is on fire. There's gas leaking everywhere. You see Keaton is dying. Mm-hmm. That happens presently. So that's sort of, we know by the end of the movie that that scene is true and not narrated. Mm-hmm. And what gave it away at the beginning for me is you see, um, so I find the director sort of giveaway for his clues is he does a very long focused close up on certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. did right at the beginning a close up on um, sort of these spools of ropes and like mm-hmm. fish uh cages and nets and stuff and it implies that somebody's hiding behind it but you can very clearly see that there's no way there's anybody hiding behind it Hmm. and then when we find out later when kevin spacey when kaiser sose is being interrogated 
Yeah, he claims uh, he's hiding behind it. He claims he's hiding right. behind that. And even when he is recounting to Kuan, the, the um, I guess, state officer that, oh, I was hiding behind the ropes. Even when he's recounting it, we see the flashback. They focus on that again and it zooms in. It does its close up and you can still see there's nobody hiding behind it. But when he's recounting it, we should have seen him hiding behind it the second yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But we did. Mm-hmm. So still there was nobody there. So for me, that was the biggest right off the bat. Also in the opening scene, you see the gold lighter. Uh, you get a glimpse mm-hmm. of the gold watch. And then when when Verbal is leaving yeah. the precinct, because he's let go, he has his immunity. That I did notice. <laughs> and and then we're like, a gold watch, a <laughs> yeah. gold lighter. A gold lighter. A pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually, I love that scene right at the end. You see he's limping away. He's limping away. And I know. Yeah. Just how it closes up on the foot and it just slowly starts to correct. straightens. Yeah. And he just hits hits that like straight footfall and walks off confidently. That was really, that sticks with you. (laughs) Yeah. I remembered vividly that scene. Like as he was leaving, I was just like, oh, his foot's going to go down. Like I was like feeling the feels at that moment. Yeah, and I, oh uh, and then also like um, Peter Postlewaith is that how you pronounce his name? He's he was a, he was Postlewaith. He was cool. the priest in Romeo and Juliet. So seeing him again, I was just like, oh, I love him. Can we, can we talk That's about right. that character? That character is so he's very a brilliant actor. Yeah, he's Kobayashi. okay. So yeah. he is he's a Caucasian man. Okay, yeah. he's from England. He's British. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Why did they make him super tanned and have an indian british accent but i get it again with a japanese name i understand why he had the japanese name but what but why why (laughs) but it doesn't it almost doesn't matter because it's completely in the memory of like it's a it's not real and b it's likely made up it's completely in the memory or like the mindset of so like the of kevin spacey so the cop doesn't know like he could have yeah. been anyone he could have been anyone right. or anything like it's just so was but yeah it was those red herrings for the viewers yeah it was, it was distracting you have like a very blue-eyed like poorly tanned guy with an indian accent like yeah why the why indian yeah this? i didn't understand the the accent I, but i think cause... maybe it's because it was supposed to be like hey this is being made up yeah yeah maybe right. like it's so obvious yeah yeah, but you know, I was thinking about that as soon as you said that, Nat, and because I just watched it today. And Kobayashi, you know, they're in that. Um, okay, so the usual suspects—they dress up, they pretend to be maintenance people, and they get mm-hmm. into that. I think was it Kobayashi's um, office space? Or yeah, something? they break they break into his yeah. office. They to break try to, in to threaten him and and say that they're going to kill him. Yeah. Well, they were going to kill right. him, but they're going to kill him. Yeah. And then he goes through the whole thing of, well, you did this and, you know, my, my boss will, will get you because you stole this money and it was supposed to go towards some deal in Pakistan. They mentioned Pakistan a couple of times. They do, I yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think they also mentioned India. So I'm thinking maybe that was some sort of tie in there that he's, yeah. you know, some international business dealer or something. Yeah. I just let the casting. I was like, why'd they cast this white man for this part? <laughs> like, because it really, like, how many people are from India that they could have given <laughs> yeah. this part to? You know, like, yeah. you know, just a few billion, but whatever. Well, that was one of the tip-offs to me. Was like, he has a Japanese yeah. name, and he, 
you know, isn't Japanese. Not that you can't have a name and not, you know, be that yeah. from that race or something. But it was sort of like an incongruent. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was, was so obviously awkward. Yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's. And that was weirdly like that was one thing I didn't remember from like from my the original time watching it. I it was like. I was like, I know, like, I knew all of the names and like the, like, you know, the big moments and whatever. Like, you remember all the the iconic quotes and everything that are from this movie. But I was like, couldn't remember who played that role. Like, he was just kind of invisible in my mind, my memory. And then he walked in and I was like, huh. <laughs> I like, did not remember that it was that it was you playing this. A little weird. Like, not what I thought yeah. slash remembered. Uh, but he, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that's just part of the part of making people throwing people off or making people think like yeah. or maybe making people think that maybe he's the maybe it is him like he his character it could have just as easily been him been i guess him. really right because right. he knows he knows all the information he's the middle guy like he's the you know they make a lot of comments that kaiser so say never keeps anyone on staff like he always has different people a long time so like mm -hmm. yeah if i if i hadn't already known and i don't remember what i thought when i was originally watching it so but i feel like i probably would have thought that it was him all the way through or at least had moments where i thought it was him yeah yeah i loved when he came in so the thing in LA goes wrong. Now they're all hiding in some sort of like luxury suite with a pool table or whatever, they're, wherever they are. Yeah, wherever he they hands are. them a briefcase. Um, <laughs> two things. Um, when they open the briefcase and Keaton is handing out envelopes to everybody, all the envelopes have their name on it. And as he hands it to each person, it's actually their death order that comes <laughs> shortly thereafter that. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, also, I just thought because the actor that plays Keaton is is Irish, and I thought it was just kind of funny that I'm like, of course, the Irish guy is really nervous to open a random briefcase that somebody. Yeah, he's like, him. I'm good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> he's good. like super nervous about it. I'm like, yeah, not too far from the troubles. This movie. So, I mean, right. I know that was actually not part of it, but I was just like, in my head, I kind of giggled because I was like, yep, the Irish guy would be nervous about that <laughs> random oh, briefcase. <laughs> and you know. That, that was an, another thing that was, I think, clever, the way the, the writer kind of gave you some ideas of, you know, there's some possible other people that Kaiser Soze could be. And one of them was yeah, yeah, Keaton yeah. Roll. Keaton, the gun. Yeah. Gabriel Byrne, is that who played that, yeah. that character? Yeah, yeah Gabriel, Gabriel Burns, yeah. Because In um, Kuljan, is it Kuljan? It's Kuljan, right? Cool, yes, I don't know. Yeah, it's a J, yeah. but I have no it's idea. It's Tyler J. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We all agree. Yeah. It's great. We, we all <laughs> agree. He, you know, he was trying to remember when they had the, you know, all the interrogations with Kent and um, he was saying, well, I know it's Keaton. Keaton. Yeah. He was sure. Something. Like he was sure he, he was knew sure. everything. Um, and he, like, I he thought notice... he was just going to get confirmation for it was the, yeah. Yeah. And Kent played that really well. Kevin Spacey's character throughout the whole thing at the beginning he's like no 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 i know keaton's innocent like he went straight he went straight he's innocent and then it's like well he went straight for this girl this lawyer yeah well the lawyer knows everything about this whole corrupt world yeah well the lawyer knows everybody to get us all off from this like i have really good lawyers and it's like well no maybe he was more involved oh no he definitely he's kaiser sose he did it mm -hmm. so throughout the whole movie kent is sort of slow rolling this confirmation to Kuhn that it's it's Keaton but it, mm -hmm. I mean we know it wasn't but right, <laughs> yeah. right. but I thought well, that was the really interesting 
I agree. And I think Kuyan was also gunning for Keaton because he yeah. was a dirty cop yeah. and all the, yeah. all the stuff that he had gotten away with and all the, you know, murders and this and that and the other that were kind of swept underneath the rug. So he, he's been gunning for, he was gunning for Keaton from the beginning of the movie too. So maybe yeah, he yeah. had some blinders on. Well, that goes, that goes Definitely. back to like the famous, the, the like famous quote that comes out of this movie where it's like, you know, the, the greatest thing that the devil ever did was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Right. Like that. Yeah. The, that. Is it, uh, Baudelaire. Yeah, I don't it's actually, an, yeah. it's an, uh, it's a 19th century author. Okay. It's a paraphrase. All right. It wasn't, it wasn't the scriptwriter that came yeah. up with one of the most brilliant ones in cinema. It was actually Come a paraphrase on, from the existing author. <laughs> I'm sorry, homework. I, I found that too. <laughs> Um, but it's, it is like, you know, that, that theme is kind of, you know, not surprisingly goes all the way through this movie, right? Like the reason that Kevin Spacey is able to get away with all of it is because he's invisible. Like no one, like everyone already has all of their preconceived notions because these, these men are all, were all criminals. You know, the cops have like notions as to who, you know, who they think it is or what they think happened. You know, there's like, like there's so many different levels of criminal, like all the way through, like everyone that was involved in the ship, like it was like, oh, well, that was a drug deal. Like it takes them like a very long time to like kind of put away their preconceived notions. And by the time they do, he's gone. Like there's like, so it, it totally. does kind of play into that entire idea that like, if you can, if you can kind of slip between all of these people's preconceived notions, you don't exist. Like they, no one is paying any attention to what he's doing because everyone already has a story that they've made up of what happened and why. And it's like, well, you know, this, this was like bound to happen anyway, because it was a drug deal and it was, you know, these different like warring criminal groups and they're, you know, and these guys were all like, you know, top level criminals that were guilty of all these different things. And this guy is like the smallest, like he's the rat, he's the smallest fish. He's like the least guilty out of all of them. Right. Like what he was in jail for was irrelevant compared to everyone else. He sets mm-hmm. it up continuously through all of his interrogations that I'm lame, I'm crippled, I'm yeah. dumb, I'm the dumbest one. Yeah. And he uses that, like, even when he's retelling how he tried, he's the one who went to go get Clint because they said this whole thing wouldn't work if we didn't get Clint in on the heists. And, you know, that's one of those sort of bells that goes off in your head watching. It's like, why is this guy the one going to get Clint? And he uses in that scene his crippleness, his lameness uh, to garner like sympathy and trust. Yeah. And he did that mm-hmm. with the, the police too. Mm-hmm. So it was something is like a device that he used more than once, which was really cool. Absolutely. And it's really the perfect cover because people, you know, they are assuming because he's crippled that he's dumb or stupid or something yeah. and that he couldn't yeah. possibly be some great mastermind, right? He's kind of, it's a perfect cover for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, I will say, like he he deserved this Oscar at this time. Anyway, <laughs> he played. I mean, he really like he did. he did a really fantastic job with this role. He's like somehow throughout this movie, you feel bad for him, even even knowing he did it all the way through. You sort of, like you watch it and you're like, oh well, like everyone ignored him. Like you know, they should have been like the they you know they were pitying him they were treating him differently they were like you know doing all of these things to him but that i mean but they let it all happen as a result like well they, he manipulated he them manipulated to do all it. of them to do it yeah, yeah it's it's just kind of it's it's definitely a really really well done um film so 
Kimberly, I'm interested because from this moment we started the podcast, this was like your, co- I mean, a few others he recommended as well, but this was one you said over <laughs> and over again. Is this, is this your favorite movie? It's one of them from that time period. I mean, okay. there was yeah. a bunch of movies that came out around that time. This one, um, Shawshank Redemption, there's like a couple, oh, a several idea. movies in that came out that I really love because I just think that, you know, the screenplay, and I know that the writer run a, run an Academy Award for that for the mm-hmm. screenplay. He did, yep. I just loved how it had these layers and it was, you know, you can't watch the movie and kind of be doing other stuff and running <laughs> off and not paying attention because yeah. I've watched it several times. I watched it earlier today and, and I was mm-hmm. taking all these notes. There's so much and there's so many things that I s- still are just, you know, oh my God, there's that little piece. And oh yeah, there's that. And they say these little one-off lines, but they're hugely significant, you know, in, yeah. in the whole story, in the in the larger story. And I just love the the writing, to be honest with you. I thought, yeah. I think it's one of the best movies from that time period. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, the writing's fantastic. Yeah. I have to say, Katie was saying at the beginning, she's like, there's nothing in this that led me to believe it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was verbal and i was like okay she's like because in the sort of wrap up at the end where the police officer or the state officer is like oh my god he's looking at the billboard he sees all of the clues he looks at the coffee cup he sees you know and he starts to piece it all together i'm like well no right at the beginning when he's dragged into mm-hmm. so he didn't want to go into an interrogation room which was really smart on verbal's part he went into this office. It was the chief of police's office. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there alone for a moment. And you see, again, the director with his little close-ups. So he's, you could see he's looking at the Rolodex. He's looking at the Turkish cigarette box. He's tracking slowly through the bulletin board. And then somebody comes in. Yeah. And of course, like when they do it, you can't see what's on the bulletin board but you know that he's picked up like you could tell by that slowness the close-ups that that's where he's picking up information yeah i guess mm-hmm. for me, i guess for me i was just so <laughs> focused on the like on no this time watching it i was so focused on knowing that it was him and realizing yeah. like how unreliable the story was and then i feel like when we when i got to the very end and you know, and he's already gone, and the and the police realize that it was him, and they and then it's then it zooms in on like all of the things that were in his story, right? So like the bottom of the cup is like is a Kobayashi cup, so like it's everything yeah. is made up, right? And I was like, ah, oh, I, I just like had a moment of feeling really ripped off because I didn't feel as though it like not that there weren't clues like and hints throughout it that it was him, but I felt like I was like, well, there's no way that the audience. Like the audience didn't have that view and you don't see those details until the very end. So like you could know it's him from other things, but I feel like you didn't like those things could have been anything in the audience. Like the, it felt a little scapegoaty to me, like, but, and maybe it wasn't, maybe I just missed those moments earlier, but I was like, it felt a little convenient at the end that it was like, like his whole story is a lie anyway. So like, there's no way you could have figured it out. Like, unless you were staring at this board at the end and you were like, Oh shit, like all of the names, but for me, I was like, okay, well, tell me about the billboard like, or the bulletin board. I'm like, what? Also, the Rolodex. I'm like, well, why did he focus at the Rolodex? But they never explained that. Yeah, they never. editing. Mm-hmm. They might yeah. not have used it. But, they may not have used but it. But I was they like, yeah, but I but was you know, like, I thought about that the whole movie. I'm like, the bulletin board. What's on the bulletin board? <laughs> Show us the bulletin board. <laughs> the whole movie. But you I know what? Like, bulletin board. 
and, and watching it for the for the tenth time today, I was really paying attention <laughs> because I wanted to, uh, you know, catch those early things. And there was a lot going on early on. Yeah, kind of tips yeah. off that he's a he's a big deal. Like, yeah, when there were when they talk about, you know, the, the setup was you've got two hours to interrogate him because he's trying to make bail um, to get out. And um, and it came one from of on the top things, yeah. and it came from on top. Yeah. It was like yeah. the mayor is is involved. And the governor is involved, and and the cop, um, I don't, the, I don't remember the name of the, yeah, the yeah. police officer whose office it was, but he was saying, this guy's yeah. a big deal. I don't know really what's going on, and I don't remember that from watching it those other previous times. Yeah. So this yeah. time I was like, the setup was, who is this person, and why is this little two bit con? Yeah. Why is this guy all such a these big fingers deal? called yeah. in? You know. It made me think at the beginning when they're all brought in on these trumped up charges, and they. And they say it too. It's like, why would they put all of us in a lineup together? That's not how lineups work. Usually yeah. it's one of us at a time with a bunch of other, like, you know, yeah. two bit criminals. Like, why? And then they put them all in a cell together. And it's like, where did this trumped up charge come from? Well, it came from like way on top. So I'm like, did Kaiser Sose do that from the beginning to get these criminals I... in place? Like, I feel like he did it from. Like they didn't meet by accident. I feel like it was all. Yeah, it, it was all. Yeah, it was all. It was all a con, yeah. all a long con. Um, yeah, Doc makes a good point. Maybe Kobayashi is a is an homage to the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, I think there is, is like it's the impossible mission. Yeah, I think it's a lot. I think there were a, a lot of a ton of layers in it. Like I, you know, like not catching the, the verbal's name, like that you know the the turkish word right is like i think it actually translates or at and least that's only because of google was to, to blabbermouth right like it yeah. it's kind of funny like now we live in a world where we can like you know live fact check while we're watching things or yeah. you know or ask those questions it is kind of amazing that some i think some of the most I would I would argue that some of the most kind of jaw dropping, like mind bending, twisty, turny movies came out at a time before we were able to look, you know, look up a lot of this information. So it, yeah. it's huge, huge props to the screenwriters who like that would be incredibly yeah. difficult to like you would have to write all of that well and then you would have to work really, really closely with the director and the producer and the actors to to make all the visual cues go into that as well because none of that necessarily like you can have like written indicators in a screenplay that say like you know at this point we need to zoom in or whatever else but that screenwriter would have need to needed to have worked really closely with he a great apparently director was on to set. say that yeah like mm -hmm. it, he was on a lot set would have to go even, together he had a cameo in the movie too I can't it was somewhere in LA like one of like yeah. a spectator mm -hmm. or something but yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. true. Like they did, it was an era where you just didn't buy somebody's script. You just didn't buy the rights to something. It's like you worked, it's kind of almost like a, I feel like almost like a bygone era. You know, it's not something that they necessarily need to do anymore. I mean, nowadays mm -hmm. we just zoom someone in. <laughs> yeah. Like digital video call. <laughs> Does this look okay? <laughs> I know exactly. Call a friend, phone a friend, right? <laughs> I was telling Katie too, it's like, I only thought to look it up in a re like the the origin of the name because I'm rewatching it and because mm -hmm. you know I'm on a computer. It's not like then I could have just been like I'm gonna pause the film, run to the public public library, hope they have a Turkish <laughs> book, like yeah, some sort of Turkish dictionary or encyclopedia. <laughs> like, 
Like my public library was pretty good in Montreal, but like I don't know if it was that good then. But it it was interesting because there was a lot of those little Easter eggs that, like I said, I didn't didn't catch the other eight times that I've watched it, but I definitely caught this time. And one of them was, you know, they're at the the ship, the the shipyard scene where they're about to, you know, go in there and, and try to pull off that deal that turned out to really not be the deal that they thought. And they're in the truck and it's verbal and I think it's Keaton and they could hear the, um, the mobsters that were walking around the you know security talking a lang- speaking a language and then keaton says what language is that is that russian and then um kaiser Sosa yeah. says hungarian and he kind of yeah. just keeps on going and you know doesn't make a big deal about it and it's like how he does would say, he know right he does say hungarian pauses and then you can see he smirks again yeah. little close up little yeah. smirk and he's like i think <laughs> yeah right. was, i did notice that this time around yeah. there was like yeah little there definitely were a ton of Easter eggs. This is one of those movies that you're right. I think I could probably go back and watch even 20 times and pull different things out yeah. of it. You're always going to pick up other little stuff on it. It's funny. The, the only movie. other, yeah, the only other thing that I can think of that's like that's that layered and it's a totally different genre is that is the TV show Arrested Development, where I feel like every time I watch that show, it's funny on a different level. Like you miss like a different, like a different weird like slapstick thing that's happening in the background, or like a double entendre that an actor is saying that like you didn't really notice the first time around, or you don't really realize yeah. or appreciate until you've like seen the episodes back to back a number of times. Like it, I again, there's like not a lot of tv or movie content out there that is able to be to hold up that long and even when you know the twist still be fascinating like sixth sense i guess is probably another one but even that one once you know the twist it's like you might watch it through one more time to see like you know if like if you can catch it and if it makes sense but i feel like it's not you probably don't really want to watch it like 10 or 20 to, like you you I don't think you would pick up as much as you do in this one so it yeah again just incredible screenwriting all the way through to make you know to Paul said the same thing kind of like I see dead people and it's red yeah um yeah no exactly. you, know other, you know what other movies like that and it's one of my all-time favorite Willy Wonka the original Willy Wonka oh yeah the original it's like you go back and you hear him dropping all these little gems here yeah. and there and these little quotes you know references and stuff so yeah, and Gene Wilder was amazing. Like that's a movie. I know they're gonna remake it again, and I'm just just leave it alone. Nobody's which, Gene which Wilder. Which one was good? Okay, just... Oh, Gene Wilder. Yeah, I know they've remade that. Yeah, one the a original. Bunch of times. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah, I mean that's the best one, and like nobody, they can't recreate it the way that they did. Also, the Oompa Loompas are just on a whole other level. I love that movie. Uh, all right, you know, so I wanted to talk about. Oh, go for I'm it. Sorry, no, no, go. I was going to say I wanted to talk about you know the that key critical moment when because you know they had the hospital scene. We got yep. the burn victim. Yep. And he he survived, so you know he didn't get wiped out. The one person that could identify him. <laughs> this poor guy. Yeah. Poor guys like all the pressure, and so they um you know they had the the sketch artist that's you yeah know, the translator. To him, yep. They, yep. Get the description of him, and then I think. The FBI agent, Jack Bear, he, you know, calls over to um, the police and they're like, you know, the guy can identify him. And he says it's Kaiser Sose. And then Kuyan rushes into the office and says to Kent, they know it was Kaiser Sose. And then he's, he pounds on the desk. Yeah. And that's like the one of the one moments where I realize, you know, wow, he knows that they're getting close and he almost yeah. slips up. Yeah. 
because yeah, it's like, well, why does. would he care? You know that, that it's Kaiser Soze, right? Why would he have such a strong reaction? Yeah, and yeah. Why would he even know? Yeah, why would he even really like? No, I guess because he, because he's a, in the criminal world, but it's like, why would he even really know who that is? Like, this guy is supposed to have been a ghost yeah. for years and years and years and years. So, like, the devil himself. <laughs> yeah, why? Why would that be relevant to him in that moment? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It did also make me think like the difference between like the the level of suspense you were able to do in a movie that took place in this time period versus now, like because it's like you have you know you have like the translator and like the sketch artist right, and they're in that they're in that hospital room, and it's like then they get the sketch, then they have to take the sketch like back to the office, and then they fax it, and then it's like coming through the fax machine, right? Is like the guy is getting away, and, and like it's looking lucky at it, didn't it. fall yeah. into the wastebasket or get crumpled up. <laughs> behind the machine like these days it would have been like like a text or call directly to him and he would have been like oh it's you like it would have been over, right? like, yeah and it was like even the, like yeah you're just like you, you, i love like that's the one time period where you're just like yeah fax machines like making whodunits amazing like since <laughs> like it's always like the, the picture coming through in the fax machine you're like oh no see it oh like, my but God. it's yeah. funny because back then that was high tech like that yeah. they got to see totally. that it was him right away yeah <laughs> like they the still had a chance to run out of the police station and chase him down they didn't get to get him but like they were this close whereas like if it was somebody who had to drive it across town yeah or fly it across the country right. you know, yeah. like, well that's how i mean i mean that's how like serial killers like bundy got, got away, away for it. so long because yeah. none none of the like none of the police stations in all these different cities that he was that he was operating and communicated with each other because there was yeah. no level of technology for them to do so so it was just like and yeah. then i'm just gonna change cities and now i'm a brand new person it's yeah there's i think there's a there was like a it, it is an interesting device that wouldn't work as easily or it would feel a little bit weirder in today's society than it than it did then but i i do love <laughs> doc says now when they do this they show the last text come in on the unattended phone yeah but is any any phone unattended <laughs> like we all have like smart watches and like like i even when my phone is somewhere ankle else, bracelets like, yeah exactly i feel like my wrist <laughs> vibrating i'm like oh no someone's trying to call me yeah it's uh it's a different apparently apparently when kent falls out of his seat when kuan is like yelling at him he's like did you kill keaton did you kill keaton and he's screaming he's like i did i didn't because kuan is yelling so loudly we don't hear it but apparently if you slow it down with our digital technology you could hear <laughs> kent actually say i did it yeah. i did it i did I it did. i killed keaton yeah so apparently he <laughs> does say it, but they make it hard to, like, it, they make it basically impossible for you to say. So he does end up, he does slip up more than once. It's just mm -hmm. funny that it took all the cops that long to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Right, but but Kuyan, he had, you know, blinders on. He was convinced, yeah. I mean, he was going yeah. after Keaton, so he's like, he didn't care really too much about Kent. Yeah, he um, was no, he know, was verbal. certain that Keaton was alive and that he was guilty. So yeah, it was. Uh... Yeah, and apparently, if you slow down the frames too, when they're recounting, you know, Kaiser Sose puts on the hat and he has the trench coat and he's smoking the cigarette and there's the smoke in him. Apparently, a couple of frames it because it shows Keaton, but a couple of frames are Kevin Spacey, also. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. I, I read about that. Yeah. I didn't actually slow the movie down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now that you say that, I'm going to go back because you know that there's that one scene where um, 
Verbal is retelling the legend of Kaiser Sose and you yeah. know, talk yes. about the whole issue with the families and, you know, being his wife being raped and the children being yeah. um, hurt and all that. And yeah. So he goes after everybody, all the mobs, all the gangsters and kills their family. And then there's that one picture where you see like a young Kaiser Sose with that long black hair and it's kind of he's <laughs> yeah. flowing out. And I'm like, is that? Is that Kevin? Uh, You're Spacey? like, is that Kevin Spacey? It doesn't look like Kevin <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. We're gonna have to go back and look at that. <laughs> <I'll go back. laughs> they just like, yeah, they, they didn't have the technology to make it like they're like, just find an actor that looks like him. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh man, I gotta go back now because it's like it's just such an iconic shot, right? This like you know flames yeah. in the background and all this craziness, and he comes out, you know, this long flowing hair, you know, looking like <laughs> you know world, you yeah, know, underlord, really underground. Chaotic gangster number one so i'm gonna have to go back and look at that yeah <laughs> no i have to say the movie was really well done very well written um even the not alec baldwin baldwin did pretty good <laughs> not alec baldwin baldwin one, one of the baldwin boys well, really baldwin. only one of them is known to be a good actor yeah, in the family so that's true that's true I do. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of, of of fun facts that I thought were worth mentioning, and I know Kimberly has some too here, but the, the so the name Kaiser Sose, the first, last, or the full name is said 75 times throughout the movie, while the name Dean Keaton, first, last, or full name is said 68 times. So <laughs> it's mentioned a lot, which is why I think it sticks in everyone sticks in everyone's head. Yeah. Um, and then we mentioned this before, but we'll repeat it for Doc because he was late. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just kidding. Um, so it says, in The Usual Suspects, Kevin Spacey's character explains that his nickname is Verbal because he talks too much. In the commentary, Singer points out that the nickname is a clue since Kaiser Sose is said to have a Turkish mother and a German father, according to Singer and Natalie. <laughs> a mix of German and Turkish, Kaiser Sose can roughly be translated to King Blabbermouth. Um, so yeah, it, it is... Uh, it is definitely a really layered movie. And Doc was fact-checking you, Nat, and he said that you are correct. Fact, it was indeed Charles Baudelaire in 1864, the original devil quote. Yeah, it's um, called The General Gambler was the, there you go. the story it was taken from. Yeah. There you go. I'm just scrolling through to make sure I don't miss <laughs> any other fun stuff. Scott Morgan is the flashback Kaiser, so it's it's not Kevin Spacey, and maybe they just Got didn't it. care okay. to make it look like him. They're like, "This guy's <laughs> badass. Like, Let's make him Kevin Spacey." <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey do doesn't really look the part to be that level. He he's not somebody that maniacal. comes across as badass. Yeah, he's not he's not like the the badass like super criminal. I believe he's he's a maniacal devious person, but I don't believe he's a super sociopathic. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sociopathic. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, we're nearing the end, so people in the live studio audience, thank you for hanging out with us. If you have a rating, you need to drop in how many potatoes you think it is. Um, and thanks for hanging out this time around. I see we had like. A good crew. We had Paul in the chat. Even though Kimberly wasn't there, we had Paul, we had Doc, we had George hanging out with us. Yeah. Tom swung by. So it's awesome. Good news, everyone. You can apparently buy the Kobayashi mugs on Amazon. So I expect everyone to have one for next Ooh. time. We can hold it up mm. on the bottom. That might be a fun, um, might be a fun Christmas, <laughs> Christmas gift idea for everyone. You know, before we get out, we didn't talk about the one female character in the story, the lawyer. Oh my goodness, oh, right. we didn't. All right, Remember, um, yeah. Edie, yep. Edie 
Finneran, Keaton's Keaton's girlfriend. It was a little depressing that they just like, I mean, I guess like I was sort of hoping that she was just like gone, but then they do like fully kill her off in the movie, which is kind of depressing. Yeah, which was like, why did he kill her off? What was the Yeah. Like what was the point of that? Like she wasn't Yeah. She wasn't really in the Did she know? Is there something that we missed? I was like, oh, why'd they have to kill her? Yeah. Right. It was right. I kind of thought about that too. And I think maybe that was just, that's, you know, Kaiser's style. He kind of wipes out everybody. He wipes out she everyone, was yeah. No loose ends, you know, or something. Do you yeah, think, except for do that we one think the that Keaton actually like went straight for her? Yes. That's a good question. I kind of think I, he did. Yeah, Again, we have no so. concept since we're sort of seeing him through someone else. But yeah, I felt like he did. I felt like just the whole recounting of like how Verbal had to go and convince Keaton. Yeah, he kept trying to back out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he really had to garner a lot of sympathy for him to come in. And he really, and the whole time Verbal was very aware of the girlfriend. And when they found out that Kobayashi had the girlfriend, Mm -hmm. you could see um, Verbal was really shocked. And... So it's like, I feel like it might, it must have been true because otherwise, why would they have meant, like, there's no other reason to mention it. Hmm. And I feel also mm-hmm. like for Kaiser Sose, that would have been just an extra layer of coup for him to drag somebody who's so far out of it back in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he did really need and it I- so he could break up the police ring. So. True. That's right. I thought it was yeah. interesting um, that you never really found out what type of business Keaton was really doing because yeah, you know he got yeah. busted at that restaurant with those. It was they were speaking French and they were you know some yeah. kind of deal and he was there, but you never really knew what he was trying to do with his you know clean self. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't yeah. tell if it was. I feel like they had mentioned hotel and restaurant, but it was yeah. again, it wasn't clear. Like was, he was looking for investors, and mm-hmm. then we know because mm-hmm. they got dragged in that it ruined yeah, his it ruined. reputation. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. her French was very bad. That was all I noticed from that scene. I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, she's not doing well. Someone help her." <laughs> she was like, "We." The guy's I got, accent I got was good, but the guy, yeah, the guy's acting was good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's one thing I notice sometimes when you see movies, and it's like, why'd they even try? <laughs> yeah. Just get a you could use overdub, it. folks. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Just voice over. Sometimes, like, why'd they do that? Oh. oh. All right. Well, Doc yeah. says wow. 42 potatoes. Kimberly, how many, pota- how, many potatoes would, how many potatoes would you give this one? I'll, I'll give it 50 just because it's just such a, such a well-written screenplay. Love it. Absolutely. You know, it... Um, you know, there none of the characters are people that you would invite over for dinner or you know want to. <laughs> we don't want to know any of with. these people. Yeah. <laughs> I still felt bad right. when they started getting bumped <laughs> off, yeah. though. Yeah, I know. Poor Sometimes, Kevin Pollock. I know. I always, yeah, I always feel bad for. I feel bad for those. Kevin well, Pollock, I, even though he often plays a bad guy, I tend to always like him. He's very sympathetic. Yeah, yeah, he is. I don't know why. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, yeah. I. 
I put four, but now yep. I, I may have to. I may have to d- to do a five. One sec. We got it. Oh no! For me, do... it's a five out of five. All right. All right, Other five. than in documents <laughs> at the beginning, go. we did a disclaimer that we know most a lot of people in this movie should are should be jailed. Like we know that. Yeah, Doc is that going? We're not in. talking. Yeah. About it. We're just gonna we're, we're, for the purposes of this movie review show. We're gonna pretend that they're not terrible people just for a second. For the purposes <laughs> of not ruining a phenomenally written and acted movie. Yeah. 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 And that's unfortunate because it's, you know, I've had to have conversations with other people about this, you know, some artists and musicians that you love and they have this dark side. And it's like, how do you appreciate the art and separate that out from the yeah. possible crime? Well, and sometimes so- I can't. I even told Katie yesterday, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to watch this one. Yeah. Now it's, now it's on the fence about rewatching wow. it. I, I was it- really mm, in the feels about it, but yeah. I did. Yeah. I'm like, it is good. And I, and at, yesterday, I had forgot that Brian Singer directed oh, yeah. and produced this. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's oh, just worse. like, yeah. it's just one of those those people that do that terrible thing to small people movie. It, it's a group effort on this. Oh, I just don't, oh, no. I guess from, it's too bad. I agree with all of that. I guess from my perspective, it is, it is tricky because there's so many, like, the screenwriter, the other actors, the like, you know, like everything that went into making this movie, it's just like crummy to delete this yeah. movie because of the a couple of people being shitty. Like I just, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I like when it comes to that, like if it was like just like if it was like only one of them and they were responsible for everything, like if it was a piece of art and it was their art, okay, maybe I could kind of understand the idea of like, wanting to remove that piece of art from memory or like, you know, removing them, but it's like a movie or it's such a collaborative effort. Like this movie would not have been successful if it wasn't for each person that was involved in it. It's just so it makes, it feels like it makes what they did so much worse because in addition to like ruining the lives of the people who they were awful to, they, it also like ruins like the memory and the hard work of everyone that was involved in these films. And that, that's mm-hmm. yes, like, cause it's not one person. It's, it's a not whole crew. Person. Yeah. It's a whole crew. Like it's just totally, but you know, having said that, what movie I, of his, I won't watch is American beauty because that's like way too close to, yeah, know, that is actually same. That's one of those ones, problems. you know, with American beauty, it's funny because I feel like that was one of those movies where I just, not that I didn't like it, but there was something about that film that rubbed, that has never like sat right with me, and I don't really know what. Like I couldn't place. So to, like that one's I'm actually like okay with not wanting to rewatch. Like yeah. to borrow a more British expression, it just gave me the ick. Yeah, it gave me the ick. Yeah, it gave <laughs> the something ick. about that movie. Yeah. Gives me right. the ick. Yeah, I, it's yeah, it's, it um, is not a good one. Yeah, it's hard. There's a lot of stuff, especially now everything is it's easier to find out. And uh, but there are some artists, regardless, that you can't help but love what they've produced, even though you wish they would rot in Dante's Inferno. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or or Kaiser Soze's Inferno. Yeah, 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 he seems like he could solve this problem. I mean, they did say fairly often that he's the devil himself. Right. (laughs) Devil incarnate. And and I love how the movie ends where he repeats that line, you know, and then one day he'll be gone. And which is so interesting that they didn't do a sequel or there wasn't, you know, another movie featuring Kaiser. Kaiser, I feel like it was just so it it had such raging success that they couldn't you know it was yeah. and i'm glad i'm glad it was a time where people are like let's just leave it standalone because yeah. 
it was so big and it was so good that anything else we do would tarnish it, you know? Yep. So one and done. One and done. Yeah. <laughs> well, this oh is God. I can scratch this off my list. I don't have to keep putting this in your comments. <laughs> Because you're like, what movie? I'm like, The Usual Suspects. Come on, The Usual Suspects. Yeah, no, I we have we have a huge yeah a nonstop a nonstop list, and I think I, I think I have to move to to Wednesday next week, Nat, because I that's um, fine. I keep having Thursday things that keep slamming into my okay. schedule. So sorry, everyone. I do want to say that next since this is Pride Month. I yes. would like to do birdcage. The birdcage yes, next yeah. week. I'm in for that one because mm-hmm. that was phenomenal. I yeah, never thought that would be funny. <laughs> a laugh, yeah. I'm in for a yeah. laugh. Yeah, this let's lighten it up. Because <laughs> I was about to say Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's laugh a little bit, please. <laughs> yeah, let's we'll do birdcage and then we'll jump back into it. Shawshank. Is definitely on the list. That one definitely on the list. <laughs> that one. Is That's phenomenal. one of the ones that I've watched once. There's some movies that are just so heavy. I'm like, I watched it once. I will never forget it. I don't know if I'll go back there, but I will for the I will for the podcast. The one <laughs> I will not rewatch for this podcast or anybody is Beaches. Because I have never ugly cried so much like Claire so Games than watching the movie Beaches. I don't know what looked up to. So I cried everything these days. I like can't even get through like <laughs> like emails from people, random things I see in the street. I'm just like an open crier. Did you I, cry through Usual Suspects? <laughs> I did not. I thankfully I did not cry through Usual Suspects. Did you cry when when guys are walked out? Like... Oh my gosh, no! But I'm definitely becoming my dad. My so my dad used to like and probably still does. Pa- like would pause every oh, we yes. watched a lot of movies growing up we had like endless family movie nights and he was yeah. like amazing at watching everything with us which was great but he would pause every single movie and ask like detailed questions or it, because he worked <laughs> in aviation he would also if there was a plane like, in it yeah he would have to look back and tell us the whole like everything from the day the everything. origin of the plane yeah. how it was mm-hmm. built what type of engineers building he was google for it. us yeah he, he would see a plane he and he'd be google like he's us. like see that plane there and we'd be like yeah and then he would unpause it and then like Just pause it again when it was the inside of the plane and he'd be like that's not the same plane we'd be like well oh, look at the inside of the plane he's like no no <laughs> no that's a and he could list like the detail like that's a blah 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 plane and that one is a da 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 plane we're like oh all right fair enough <laughs> I, it's yeah awesome. it, it was uh it was amazing so i yeah i didn't cry my way through it but i definitely movie. am becoming more like him where i was like <laughs> watch it didn't pause the movie but i was definitely with my phone like looking up like like how old is kevin spacey what like you know what movies was peter postal with it like i was like looking up all the details of also it had nothing to do with the movie at all it was just in my phase of knowing all the facts about everything and then she gets to the end and she's like who did it again i know then i guess the end i was like i know that he did it but i have no idea why i wasn't paying at all attention yeah well, thanks yeah. so much for having me on, ladies. Had a blast. Oh, it was so much fun. Come back yeah. anytime, anytime. I and I will. will I will say, Doc and I had a, two amazing ideas. And see, Doc, now I'm putting it in the podcast, mm-hmm. so it's legit. On this week's episode <laughs> of uh, of the Flow podcast that Doc and I do on Tuesdays, we were using the VHS Club as an example because we were talking about how to set up a pod- video podcast in 2023. <laughs> so we went through the checklist of setting up this podcast. And Doc suggested two different things that I'm holding him to. I will help set up one. So the first is build a notion board, a note so that everyone can, we can put our movie list on and people can put their comments and fun facts and whatever under the movies so we can collaborate. 
I am 100% there. I will build that. And then the second thing he did during the episode, and I was like, we need Doc to do this for us, Nat. He, (laughs) He started saying he was like, in a world where there are no video stores. And I was like, we need Doc to do like a fun... Crazy to do like sound bites, movie for us. phone you, sound bites that we can use for like intros <laughs> and ads. Doc, I'm looking at you. Totally. It's- yeah, Doc. Get on, <laughs> get on it, man. Get on it. But yeah, we will definitely, we will definitely do Notion. I know um, Doc also suggested Discord for like group watching parties, which could be really fun too. But let, I'll start with it. I'll start with Notion so we can we can compile. I and had we a can... poor experience with Discord. <laughs> not, last night. A, not had a bad experience with Discord. We have to like lure her back into Discord. It can be a really yes. fun place. It's hard to stream too, but it's fun for watch parties. So all right, <laughs> it might, that's it might be good we for that. Yeah, we should do a live watch party one time with the movie. I know. Except I tend to like, I tend to think I have a lot of time until next week. And then it's like Tuesday and I'm like, all right, tonight or tomorrow I'm going to watch the movie. And then it's like Thursday morning and I'm like, okay, (laughs) now I really need to watch the movie. So I don't know if I could commit to a watch party. It might be bad. I might... Yeah. That happened to me today. I was like, you know, I was so torn between the the submersible and all that new the news, and I had to watch finish watching this. And I was there like, there were a oh lot of God. TikToks to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I I am one of the the people that is finding it. I don't want to say funny because people died, obviously, but um, you got you got Darwin. Okay, Darwin yeah, took now, care of you. No, you are stomping moment. on people's graves. Just you got what you got. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah. oh, I did like the whole theory that the yeah. um, wild orcas were um, the ones that took out the submersible, but it, it seems that it was more, you know, the fact that it was a rinky dink, not really fully approved, run with a PlayStation remote yeah. problem. Um, rich people thinking they're invincible problem. Yep. But. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, a quarter of a million. Give me five hundred dollars, and I'll hook you up. Okay, you know it costs. It costs. You know, just the recovery. The recovery missions are costing millions of dollars. Like up until today, where they found a piece of it and they said it definitely blew from pressure. Um, I'm like that already cost us millions of taxpayer dollars, both in Canada, the U.S., the U.K. And we all could have just watched Titanic, which is on the list. I'm like, James Cameron did a lot of overpriced He had research. a submersible. He had the submersible built. Why didn't they use his submersible? Rent like, the movie, guys. Yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Just... Your grave robbing is what you're doing. Yeah. We were, they we were talking. pulled up like a case of champagne. I'm like, oh, literally robbing a grave. I'm like, I'm sorry. You got it. You got what you deserved. <laughs> like, this well, is a horror them. movie. Yeah. Who does that? Who robs a grave? <laughs> I mean, granted, who, the only people that died in, down there were poor people, but who sits in a tin can that's been bolted shut from the outside? I mean, there was there's a lot of questions that I have about that whole thing. So why is it a game, we don't have time. Like a game console remote control? <laughs> it's a game console remote control to run to drive the I oh god. <laughs> Anyways, it's one of the most spectacular um examples of darwinism that i've seen in a very long time it i'm is, sure it'll yeah. go down in the book of darwin awards <laughs> totally and the sad part about it i heard that the 19 year old you know son he didn't really want to go and he was terrified and so i, I feel oh, sorry for him he that, was trying yeah, to please his father or something. that's awful i do actually i feel bad about the loss of human life but yeah, i for sure. just uh 
Well, now we need a we need an upbeat fun fact yeah. or something to go out on. This is too depressing to end. <laughs> All right, hang on. Scroll through my fun facts again. <laughs> is there one that we can um, one that we can go out on? Because this is not that's not good. Let's see. Um... <laughs> the emeralds in the movie were really pretty. They were green. They were gorgeous. Yes, they were pretty. They were pretty. <laughs> I Great like emeralds. Jewel. Oh, okay. Here's here's an interesting one that we can go out on. Legendary film critic Robert Ebert gave The Usual Suspects one and a half stars. One and a half potatoes, you guys. He famously wow. wrote, to the degree that I do understand, I don't care. <laughs> Which is kind of badass. <laughs> like, wow. Just interesting. Wow. Just interesting. Um, and then here's another fun one. Redfoot flicks his cigarette at McManus and it was supposed to hit him in the cheek. Cigarettes aren't the most accurate projectile, and the cigarette hits Stephen Baldwin directly in the face. His general right. reaction is in the Usual Suspects film. All of them. You could even see like Benicio yeah. del Toro was like, because <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> he actually got like burnt in the face. Um, no, and Doc's sure. comments, I am a hundred percent. I agree with you. It no, we're not definitely... going back into it. <laughs> no, we're not going back into it. But I just want Doc to know. I'm like, yeah. Uh... I well, agree. on that note, huge thank, <laughs> thank you, you to Kimberly Thanks, for hanging Kimberly. out. Come back anytime. We will be back will. Wednesday next week. We're going to do the birdcage. Um, if you want to find this podcast, you can always catch us live on Wednesdays or Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Uh, you can watch replays all the time on YouTube whenever you want. And the podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts usually fridays is when it drops um but you can you can backtrack and and stay tuned for our brand new shiny coming soon list where you can leave your own feedback and drop all your favorite movies on the list and then we'll force you to come on to the episode with us kimberly nailed it so you have like big shoes yeah. to fill. Like chris was like really prepared last week so it's been the guests have been more prepared than natalie and i so it's it, the, the precedent is set everyone you've got to you gotta step it up. You gotta watch the movie. I can't wait for you guys to see my list because I wrote it just That's we should list. leave it the way I wrote it. It's yeah. not in any order other than just how these movies popped into my brain. Perfect. So you guys can get the inner workings of it's like You can have a voting, an upvoting or downvoting system. Yeah, we could really go all Ooh, in for yes. craziness. All I did was like <laughs> certain words or movie quotes triggered other movies to enter my head so it's just a random list of nonsensical I order i love yeah, it it'll be fun I'll, for you guys i absolutely love it <laughs> all right well i'm looking at you paul you need to tell us what movie you want to come on for because you've been here from the yeah. beginning so you get to pick but doc <laughs> agrees he says paul's next <laughs> all right everyone we will see you, you next time thanks for watching hey